0: Everyone. Welcome back to Sister Brunch with me, Anya Adams, and my awesome co host, Fanchon Cox. If you haven't heard us before, we talk to Black Women Plus working in media, entertainment, and the arts. And on this episode, we're talking to the fabulous Bola Ogan. She's a first-generation Nigerian-American writer, director, and producer who made her directorial television debut last year on Ava DuVernay's Queen Sugar. Since then, she's directed other shows like Legacies, God-Friended Me, Lucifer, and Siren. You'll hear how she landed those shows during our conversation coming up. She's participated in several training programs, like AFI's Directing Workshop for Women. She was in the inaugural class of Ryan Murphy's half-television mentorship program. She was a part of the Warner Brothers Directors Workshop and Robert Rodriguez's docu-series Rebel Without a Crew. One of her short films, Are We Good Parents?, premiered at South by Southwest in 2018, which is an amazing feat. Fanchin and our EP Christabel and I talked to Bola last year in my apartment, just before her Queen Sugar directing debut aired. We talked about our life as a PA and how she found and created opportunities that got her where she is today. We're going to kick off the conversation with Fanchin, asking Bola, what drew her to Hollywood in the first place?
1: I would love to hear just generally what was the catalyst for you becoming a director at all?
2: Yeah, it um it started with I, I moved out here to act. I was a performer through um, as a young kid, through elementary, middle school, all those things, and uh, was in high school plays. And I moved out here to act, but I started being a PA while I was in Dallas. That's where I'm born, born and raised in Dallas. And I started peeing on Prison Break and Friday Night Lights. Then I decided to finally make the jump, and then I just kept working as a PA and realized like oh, I'm not doing anything creative, I'm just working. but Wait, I, so you were a PA on these shows mm-hmm. to be to act like you were like well, I want to. I remember thinking like because all you hear is it's all about who you know, right? right? Like, Before you get to LA, you just hear it's all about who you know, and I was like, I don't know anybody, so yeah. <laughs> I better get to know it, you know. And I just so thought, rule number
0: one: get to know people. Yes. Uh, okay. And so and I actually, just figured. Can doing we step back PA? also oh, and yeah. talk
1: about because I think a lot of people don't even necessarily know how to
2: become a PA. Like, how did you do that? It was um, right before. Like Craigslist was just starting. <laughs> oh
0: my god, you're so old.
2: What? Yeah, and I, I went onto the Texas Commission Film Commission website. And I started making phone calls. I just was like two weeks in a row just calling every day, all day, just trying to get. Because I heard, I heard Prison Break for their second season was coming to Dallas. So I was just trying to figure out how to get on that. Yeah. And sure. one of the calls, and everybody was very nice. Texas, everybody was very yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah, like, yeah. oh, aren't you sweet? <laughs> um, and there was one number that I got that I kept calling, and it actually ended up being the production office for Walking Tall 2 and 3. Oh my god.
0: <laughs> Did those ever transpire? Yeah, yeah
2: they're on DVD. Oh, very, no way.
0: Like, <laughs> okay. Or VHS,
2: you know, tall. I don't I actually
0: don't know. Walking Tall uh, was like a movie It started, starred uh, The Rock for the, the first one, right? The, rock. Wow. the ones that I
2: worked on starred Kevin Sorbo.
0: Right. Hercules. A little bit lesser Hercules, in Hercules. there. Hercules, Hercules.
2: And, uh, you know, it was very exciting so I was getting to work with Hercules. Uh-huh. And, uh, nice. But I called that office a couple times just looking for a specific person that I was told could help me get on the pr- on prison break. So I kept calling back. And there I was like, oh, he's on set. And this is when I was like, on set sounded like glamour. So amazing. Like, Lawrence, I can't wait. Um, and so I called, I think it was like the, the fourth time I've called. And they were like hey, so you've called here a couple times and you seem really cool we need a runner. Do you want to come and work for us? Mm -hmm. So I was like, yes, got in my car, drove way out, you know, 45 minutes
0: outside of town,
2: went to the production office and became an office intern PA for them, basically. So
0: persistence number two, right? hundred percent. And like, (laughs) that's a, I think that is like a testament to your career overall, which we're going to talk about today anyway, but just like, you can't give
2: up. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Stick to it. Yeah. yeah. just sure. kept going.
2: Find your way in. Find your way um, in, yeah. And I did. I found my way in. And luckily, because uh, Dallas is such a small market, uh, everybody knows everybody. And when Prison Break did come into town and, and Walking Tall was done, a lot of people went from that show to, to Prison Break. So oh, okay. I ended up going there anyway yes. because of all yes. my connections from that show. And then, um, and then I started working on uh, Friday Night Lights. I drive down to Austin... You know the, uh, the, the three hours or whatever oh to like God. to work for a couple of days, and it was actually the best thing because I met Sean Pipkin, and that was the best decision I made because I met Sean. She's really cool, and another know, black learning, female, another black female, was yeah. which was a Early huge part on, of it.
1: Were you one of the only black women on on the, set? Oh on yeah, those jobs. Yeah. Okay, but it's, you yeah
2: yeah. I think there was like one other black guy who was another PA, but there I remember it being a you know, Very quite white, uh, monochromatic, uh-huh. as they would say. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah, and so going to the, the Friday Night uh, Friday Night Lights set and seeing Sean, and I think her seeing me and that I was sort of, that's the thing that I think a lot of people don't realize is the whole, I think it was Spielberg who got dinged for this, the idea of I gave Colin Trevorrow this job because he reminded me of me. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people felt a certain type of way. They're like, you're closing the doors to other people who don't look exactly like right. you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is an advantage. I don't think people realize is, is real. Like when people see someone else who reminds them of themselves, self, it makes you want to help. It is not a bad thing. It is not. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think it is a bad thing when it's a white man. <laughs> y'all got We There are, it's the unconscious. Of you. Yeah.
1: I think that it needs to be more of you look like me and and I don't see a lot of you Mm -hmm. and I'm going to help you because you look like me. And we need to see
2: more of you out here. You know, it's an unconscious, conscious bias for sure. And as long as people are aware of that, I think that they're starting to because I have a lot of my mentors now in my career are white men. They do it specifically for that reason. It's Mm -hmm. like. I don't need you to look like me to understand that you are like me Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. the people, the men who I have in my lives now very much understand that Mm -hmm. and are the reason I've booked two more shows. Awesome. So, and yet yeah. they
1: don't get a cookie for doing what they should have been. No. But, it, no, 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 no. <laughs> but it but it but it is still great right. she's the hard ass. Yeah. The so,
0: <laughs>
2: while they are in power, this sure. is exactly what we need them to do, yeah. right? Yeah. Um but yeah, Sean is the reason Like when I moved out to LA and I of course didn't know anybody, I had like four contacts and Sean was one of them. And the first show I worked on was um, Get Smart, with the first, first movie, Get Smart. That's amazing.
0: Do you, do you think, like, I read a book before I moved to L.A. that said, like, um, get as much experience as you can before you come to L.A. so that when you come to L.A. you're, like, really in the game versus just moving to L.A. or moving to New York or moving to Toronto or wherever the, you know, hub is for you um, and, and trying to make your way. What, what do you think about that?
2: Well, because I started in – I agree with that because yeah. – um, a lot of people just move and don't have any contacts. I think if you start somewhere else, that's the market is a little smaller and there's more opportunity, especially the thing that's happened now is LA used to have so many big movies. Like that's sort of what really helped me get more jobs as I was working on, you know, he's just not that into you. Like that was a movie Hancock or whatever, like all these big movies and they're not really here anymore. Yeah. So that means that there are less PA opportunities to get in, um, you know, now people only have three or four PAs, if that, and you want those to be experienced PAs. The thing about having like 10, 15 PAs, cause you need to lock up this whole street is you get to now bring in less experienced people who then get to expand their circle and their network mm-hmm. by meeting all these other folks.
0: Hi, it's Anya and you're listening to Sister Brunch. We'll be right back.
1: join our community you can join us on twitter at sister brunch and also on instagram at sister brunch podcast welcome back to sister brunch i'm Fanshin and now back to our conversation you had to really work your out your ass off on these sets right like you because you were a black woman you probably had to kind of work differently let's say (laughs) Than the other folks on set, do you want to talk about, I mean, because that otherwise you wouldn't have been able to keep getting hired.
2: Yes, probably. Yes, I think, I think I did have to work really hard because, um, I mean, it's just being a PA just is so much harder than people think it is, um, in general, and then it's on top hard. of that, you're just trying to make sure that people don't think, although I got to say, I think it worked for me being like, I'm energetic and happy, but also like, I'll have a tone of like, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> we need to get this done because you're the lowest on the totem pole, but yet you have to tell everybody what to do. Um, so you very much have to have a presence that um, leads leads for you and commands respect. Yes. And it's something that I definitely take as a director now that I don't really have to work that hard. I like have to, if anything, I have to work harder just to make sure people understand I'm not angry. Like it's the angry black woman thing, right? Oh it's my like god. This, you're you're trying to sort of gas pedal and you know, mm. gas stop. It's sort of you're balancing that act of how do I get my point across, but also be nice about it. Like this is
0: just a weird thing. I know. Um, that's a that's a really tough thing I find. And I mean, for you, I'm sure, and I've experienced it too, like really assessing your like audience. Your your and your tribe or whatever the group of people you're working with and figuring out like how do I mediate myself so I'm not intimidating as a black woman but also a leader like can lead them it's like it's tough
2: it is it is and it's it's a balancing act that gets easier and I yeah. think I got um, being a part of the production department as as you know as well Anya is you have to do it every day and so you I do yeah. think I have a uh, an advantage. On my career as a director, because I had to do it already in as a, in the department. Um, yeah, so so talk
1: about that. What department were you in? Like you, oh, you mean beyond so being what's... in
2: the production department, right. being yeah. a PA, and okay. then you know, occasionally getting uh, non-union jobs as an AD, working as right. that. You yeah. know, uh, really having to work through tough situations and make sure that we make our days, that we you know the director's happy, that everybody's you know it's it's a balancing that whole. That department is so interesting because everybody else gets to focus on their one thing that their department has to deal with. You know, camera only worries about camera, um, hair and makeup only worry about hair and makeup costumes only worries about costumes. Production has to know everybody, know everything, and know how to talk to people, know how to translate what someone else is saying very angrily and still get it done. (laughs) You know, you're sort of this filter that has to happen. I can't tell you how many times somebody's like, you know, locations needs to get light here now. Like, why isn't it already up? And I'm like, all right, I'll take care of it. Locations, we would really love a light over here. This would be great. Thank you so much. We yeah. Really appreciate it. You sort of have to like take in what people say and just, you know, blah, 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 make yeah. it make yeah. it um, better. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's an interesting journey. And as a PA, I learned, I saw that even if I had an agent or a manager, as a dark-skinned woman, the parts just weren't there. And as, a, the, as an actress, as yeah. an actress, well, cool, cause it's why I moved here. And yeah. so I just noticed that and it was really difficult. And, and luckily for like the rise of like Issa Ray, Lena Dunham for, you know, all the things that come with Lena Dunham, I okay. will say that like what I did get inspired to do is I needed to make my own work. I needed to make something if I wanted to start being a creator. And so I decided to make something. I decided to write a script um, I'd heard of the directing workshop for women at AFI. AFI is the um, American Film Institute. Um, it's a prestigious uh, film school. And this program, you know, it it, it was it was doing well ish at the time, but there also wasn't this huge push for women directors. So I think that on top of, you know, Patty,, um, I'm gonna forget her, Patty West was the program director when I got in. I wrote a script. I luckily got in. It's very difficult, very competitive. Go ahead. Well, you got in the with the first script. With the first script, yeah. What was the name of the script? It was originally titled uh, "Sea Beneath the Surface," and it turned into "The Water Phoenix" throughout the like molding it. You know, going through the program, trying to find the story, trying to make it clear, all those things. Can
1: people people can watch that one now? Right, it's online where we can watch it. Wait, wait, before you do, (laughs) I just want to
0: ask you. So you said. You decided to create your own content so that you could be, you could create parts for yourself, right? Correct. So, so initially you actually were creating this content so that you could act in it.
2: No, th- I mean, well, in the program, you're not allowed to act in your own shorts. Okay. So it really was bigger than me. It was like, how do I create more parts that I'm not seeing? Okay. Yeah. Um, I really love sci-fi fantasy stuff and yeah. somehow we're always missing in yep. those stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> ironic
1: because you can't even be that creative. Like... You have to be, you have to stretch beyond what you understand about your reality right now. But that one you can't do? Yeah. Like Game of Thrones? Yeah.
2: (laughs) Really? (laughs) Really? I personally love Game of Thrones, but I totally like it's one of those things. Oh, no. (laughs) It's one of those things. Absolutely not. (laughs) But it's the reason why I wanted to do it. Because if I make my Game of Thrones, it's going to have, it's going to be more uh, inclusive in what we see in our world every single day. Um, But that's what started. That's what launched me into this movement. So I wasn't originally going to be in it. I was trying to get like, you know, a top actress or something. Um, And then I kept wondering why I was, you know, I'd made this part or I, my philosophy as a director was to make parts for dark skinned women or for people of color in general. And here I was trying to find like a, a famous white actress to play this mermaid oh, because wow. I thought it would be easier to get, to get, get into film festivals Look to get attention that. yeah, yeah, because yeah, that's yeah. what you see is like oh this film isn't that great but hey it's got this famous actor in it right, and that's right. why they get onto this yeah. all the great stuff
0: which mm-hmm. is super annoying it film is festivals in general but
2: I do think that it has changed it's not so much about that it's about the story um, and I learned that through my journey as a filmmaker is that it's so much more than just. What famous people can you attach to it? But I eventually let that go and decided to do it myself because it just would have been easier. It's such a tough role. I think everybody likes the idea of being a mermaid. They don't know how much work goes into it because I got scuba diving lessons. I did free diving lessons. Um, I'm a swimmer already, so I already felt comfortable underwater and I needed somebody who didn't look like they were holding their breath underwater because that's where you where this person grew up, you know, everything. Um, and so through the workshop, not only did I gain access to this network of other filmmakers who are just ready to make art. Cause I was sort of, at, at this point, I'd been in a PA in LA, I think for like five years at that point, all my friends are professionals. They're not interested in like working on my no budget film, you know, no matter how much I beg. I wasn't a person of influence where it was interesting or beneficial to them to come and help. So um, being being in the film school area with those with those connections and those those networks, it it helped me tap into people who were willing to just like create something, um, which I to this day I think is really valuable. I love that program. Of all the programs I've done, it's probably the That's best.
0: Good to know. I would. Oh, I was gonna say like just. <clears throat> In a testament to Bola, who's talking, you know, we saw her tenacity at the start of her career. Bola like couch surfed for two years to pay for this yeah. short film. Yeah. It wasn't like she sacrificed so much. She went to <laughs> my dog walker, has a pool. We practiced swimming with her oh. tail. <laughs> like there was so much work. You convinced the guy from Splash to like create the tail for the, the, short film. Wow. I mean, there was just so much work that went into it and so much sacrifice. Like for me as a filmmaker, I'm so happy about where Bola is now, just seeing like the amount of work that she put in. So I just want to underscore again, like just how important it is to be fully dedicated and the amount of work that it takes to get places. Because even after you did Water freeness, it wasn't like, oh my God, here, to come direct Queen Sugar. You still had three years of you know, busting yeah. your ass, and
1: I'm I'm really glad you brought that up too, because I think something that's really important to think about is class, yeah. And, so, and that's why when you you know, especially within that right, within that category of women of color, and that's why I think it, I was gonna actually even go back and ask you in Texas, like, how were you able to pa like to live on a pa
2: salary, mm, and question. then to, right,
1: how were you able? to I was do living that? at
2: home. Like, okay. I was 19 when I started pa. So I was still at home in Dallas and only when I moved to LA, um, and even when I first started, because it was it was still really slow, I was working at guests. So I would work on at Guess on the weekends if I already had a full week of PA work, maybe, you know. So I was working two, three, I was there was a point where I was working seven days a week. Wow. You know, um, and yeah, class is absolutely part of it because um, the Water Phoenix was an expensive project. You know, I, I think that's part of the reason why AFI picked me is because they were interested in sort of doing this underwater, very ambitious short film. And I chose that short film because I wanted to showcase that I, did, that I could do VFX, um, that I could do stunts, underwater stuff, like work with kids. Like there are so many times like women get into these fancy film festivals, which typically program like more drama or comedy, just sort of, grounded things they don't really do genre that often the, the right, big right. ones the ones that right. matter yes. and um if you get into those it's great but like then they turn around and they go oh but you can't do genre because that's not that's not what you do and I'm like but that's what I love so I decided to make my first project that it took four years to finish that project To like three or four years um, it took two full-blown campaign um crowdfunding campaigns largely run by myself um, I got a grant from California Institute of Contemporary Arts, which was great. It basically paid for the um, the aquarium for the day that we shot there. Great. Um, but, you know, I put a whole portfolio together for them to look at to show them that it was worth giving me some help.
1: Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, but that was me, you know, emailing, texting. Anybody who's done crowdfunding know it's not easy. It's a, basically a full time job. Yeah. 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 And it's hard because you have to sort of swallow your pride, beg ask, you know, barter, everything. They say you, you have
1: to ask the same person, I think something like 12 times before they actually get yeah. into your campaign. Yeah. And wow. Back over and over. Yeah.
2: It's really it's tough. tough. Yeah. It's really, I just mm-hmm. talked to another friend who just did it. And I, it's so funny how people like they get, they are surprised because I think the, the outside idea is that you know, you post this up, and then people just give you yeah. money. <laughs> of course, we love it. Right? They right. just like come out of nowhere and they just give you all their money, and not that's just not how it works. Yeah.
1: Hey, it's Fanchon, and you're listening to Sister Brunch. We'll be right back.
0: back let's get into our conversation with tv director bola ogan how did you get queen sugar
2: um it's such a bloated question and i feel that way for every queen sugar director because we all don't know Okay. Wow. (laughs) Wow. kind of it just sort of you have when you make stuff your 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 stuff especially around the film festival circuit i think ava pays a lot of attention to who's getting into which festivals and or or what kind of work you're making and how it connects to people. If it's different, mm-hmm. if it's something that we haven't seen before, which if you're a black woman making stuff, it's probably going to be stuff we've never seen before. Um, and not even just black women. What I love about what she's doing is that it's not just black women. You look at the picture of all the directors mm-hmm. she's brought in. It is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's just like the yes. variety of people Definitely. there. And, um, you know, I, I luckily, um, are we good parents? Was my short film. that went to South by Southwest last yeah, so year. That let's was talk the about one that, that a little bit because we just love that movie <laughs> so much.
0: Thank it's you. So good.
2: Can I, yes. Can I ask a question? Yes. Was there anything that you realized you had in common? Because you don't know why. So if oh, your as the director, wives, yeah, you look at director, once you the were directors, under. like when you looked at all the other sister directors, were you like? Oh, there must, there's something about No, yeah. So, well, well, this does tie into it. So, Are We Good Parents, that was my second short film because I knew after The Water Phoenix, I needed to have another thing. People were going to need to see another thing. So I immediately went in, even before we were finished with the VFX of The Water Phoenix, I was launched, I was already trying to figure out how to do another short. And then I came up with Are We Good Parents, which came out of my relationship with my sister who came out to me over the phone. She was gay and- and I was sort of surprised that it took her so long. I was like, I don't know why <laughs> yes. you thought this was weird and right. I'm appalled and, then, and I'm sad and all these um, things. That, right. yes. And then also I can't make it about me because this is your moment. But also, yes. why did you think I couldn't handle that? <laughs> <laughs> like, like Wow, yeah. So those feelings I put into this short. Beautifully. Um, and yes. uh that one got into, you know, the dream festivals. Like it got into South by Southwest, which was amazing. And, um, after that, it got into this, uh, AT&T shape film, film awards. Um, so I, my film got chosen to do that. one of the three films that they would show on stage and that year's director, they usually choose, you know, a high profile, prolific director. There was, um, I think Catherine Hardwick, um, Catherine, yeah. Hardwick one year, uh, Patty Jenkins one year, and last year was Ava DuVernay. Okay. So... I got to meet her for the first time and there, there. And she saw it And she saw Our Wicked Parents yes. there. Now, I didn't think I would get a chance on Queen Sugar because there is a commonality between the other directors for Queen Sugar. They all have these fancy films, feature films that went into, that did the festival circuit. Yes. Um, so she sort of just picked them back up or plucked them to do Queen Sugar. And I, I you know, I think she liked... Are we good parents enough to be like, this is, this is your chance. You, you this don't think,
1: you know, she <laughs> yeah, did, for sure. For sure. she did. but it's you know? all her. She, she I mean, and this the is the beautiful thing about what she's doing. Right. It's yeah. that in these other programs, somebody would have said, Bola, you can come shadow on, you know, yeah. on season two, and maybe we'll hook you up in season three. She, Ava was like, I'm hiring you. You don't have to follow anybody. And that is off of a short film. And Mm. I just think that's amazing and and such a model for how it has to happen. Totally. And and, by the way, how they do it. Like white men get hired off of (laughs) less, much less, right? You took the words
2: right out of my mouth. Her (laughs) philosophy is... If the white boys can do it, basically, basically. like if it happens to the white boys, then yes, it can happen to us and it should happen to us. And that's that's how she operates.
1: Yes.
0: So so you get your first like network television show and then like the shows just keep coming. Right. You just like now you're in it what else you got like like well, i mean <laughs> i think I, i'm i'm saying this sarcastically because i think that that's a misconception exactly. is like exactly. people are like oh you break in you got one episode yeah. so you're gonna so get hired by everyone and it just, it just flows working.
2: through right. i gotta yeah. say like i knew even on my journey to get my first one i was so eager to get it because i knew it would take a year before i got the next one right because that is typically that is that's what that's what it takes yeah. i have so many friends who have gotten the first episode and they haven't gotten a second episode. And the longer in between that, the harder it is. It just, it's difficult. There are some queen sugar directors who haven't done another episode of a show.
0: Wow. Why know. do you think you were able to continue? Did you like did you start networking before you even did the Ava show? Or like what I, yeah. were you doing? Like I you just, were working on. Oh we I know. Right? Like, <laughs> but I mean, like what yes. were you doing? But tell our listeners <laughs> Tell us something can be doing. motivated to you, do you what kind you of did. A, It's like Ava's like publicist kind of thing. Right. And you're really good at that. Like that's something I really admire about you is how you are you utilize publicity to really move yourself yes. forward in your career. Okay. But like talk to talk about that. Well, I
2: mean it's it is you have to lay down a lot of roots. I think yeah. that the reason why one episode is not enough is You know, they they want to know that it's not a fluke. And the hard thing is that a lot of people don't know that Queen Sugar is sort of a one and done situation. It's very rare for another for a director to repeat unless they're the producing director of that season. Oh, wow. Um, So she's purposely like you get one and then you need to go off and do one. But then so many. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But so many people are wanting to see that you've done two episodes of a show before Mm -hmm. they feel like comfortable. Mm -hmm. It's all Mm -hmm. about That's That's really what it is. It's like trying to get people comfortable and trust you with all their money and their resources. And it's very difficult if they don't already know you, which is why so many, you know, DPs, editors, actors on the show that they're already on get a chance because they already have the trust of the showrunners because they know the show. Yeah. So how does a person who is a filmmaker who wants to get out there and, and you just keep doing the meetings. Right. You keep doing the meetings and you keep making your own stuff. I can't tell you how many meetings I got into and they're like, we really like that you make your own stuff. And like, what kind of directors are you getting in here? Right. <laughs> and it's people who right. haven't had to do that just route. and waiting. Right. You know? Right. For the phone call and they, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, like making your own stuff, meeting people. Which which is,
1: really, I, I will just plug our podcast for a second yeah. because that's literally the point of Sister Brunch. Yeah. Like, that is Literally what you do, Anya, with Sister Brunch is here's an opportunity to meet people who you can, you know, get together with and work with. Mm -hmm. And you, as you said, with AFI, DWW, like take advantage of those opportunities and just I I, and same thing as I'm in the fortunate position of having people pitch to me as a development executive. And I'm all I'm always like I need to know that you're not desperate for this yeah. right i need to know that you you are you will be fine when you walk out of this mm-hmm. office and even if i love you and love the material i'm going to do everything i can for you and still i need to know that you are going to be good right yeah. like, and that's what you're doing you're instilling that confidence and you know in them about you because you're walking in like that. It's so awesome.
2: It's such a is It is like <laughs> it's like dating. Like you can't let the other person know I haven't dated in like two right, years. That's right. Like, That's right. <laughs> yeah, 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 you gotta be like, I just got off this
0: amazing. <laughs> The buyers, they can like (laughs) look up online and be like, Oh, you haven't been dating. They can look it up. This is true. It's a different world.
1: And Anya, you said this. Now, Anya, we're going to talk about you real quick Mm -hmm. because you admitted that you're a Luddite. And I'm just going to say that, like, because I'm just saying, because Bola, like, her part of, and I absolutely agree, this social being available on social media, like, and having a presence on social media actually is meaningful. It is. Especially Instagram, Insta stories. Look, folks, if I I watch your Insta story and see that you're good at graphics on your Insta story good at shooting your Insta story. I'm already like, okay, this person knows what they're doing. So I'm just saying, for these young women that are listening and for those of us who are not as young as the young people listening, my friends, you and me, if if you're not on IMDb but you you are active on Twitter, you can see that and read where you're coming
2: from. Like I'm doing this and I'm doing this. There's like an award that I posted about at the top of the year that I was like, it's some film festival, it's a new one, nobody's heard of it. The award was pretty cool though and I took a picture of it and I was like, nobody cares about this film festival because it's not a real thing or it's not like a thing, it's not a huge thing. Mm -hmm. But that got so much much attention i was mm-hmm. like shocked i was yeah. like, "Y'all don't even know what the film festival is but okay yeah. sure it's just people want to see that yes. you're already doing it yes and and that's also part of i will say like the biggest and hardest thing that i did throughout my journey that and people should know because it's not easy there's not this smooth transition for everybody and i definitely wasn't one of those people like i had to stop i was rachel bloom's assistant on crazy ex-girlfriend for two seasons and I stopped being her assistant because I had to stop being an assistant. I had to make a yes. declaration that I was going to be a filmmaker, yes. and that that was what I was going to do. Yes. Now, granted, the year I did that was the hardest year because I didn't make a lot of money at all, but I was the most creative because I finished the Water Phoenix. You were hungry. I did you were like, I'm hungry. exactly. Yeah, I'm I did. Do this. Yes. I did. Um, Are we good parents? I produced three projects, including the um, four-year consideration for Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. They did a music video. I produced that um, and a Vanity Fair music video and a short film. And then at the end of the year, I did uh, Robert Rodriguez's A Rebel Without a Crew. Right. So that year, I was the most creative, and but I made the least money that right. I'd ever made since I moved to L.A. But if not for that year... 2000 that was 2017 if not for 2017 2018 would not have been as amazing as it was because it was just like bam 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 like I was now making money based off of like winning money for like AT&T right off of my art yeah. and that launched everything
1: You're listening to Sister Brunch. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with more of our conversation with Bola Ogin.
0: Welcome back to Sister Brunch. I'm Anya Adams. Now let's get back to our conversation. Okay, let's talk about the one element that we really want to talk about, and that's money. Yes, money. Like good. when you're a yeah. PA, Boy, how much do you make a, a you know, well, what what's a PA rate? It's
2: not good. It's I mean, like I did the calculations. I could work at like two fast food restaurants and make about the same amount of money that wow. I was making in the hours that I was working on set. And what's annoying is or what's hard is that being on set makes you feel like you're closer to your dreams. You're close to the job that you want. You're closer to everything. It's just right there, mm-hmm. but really it's kind of keeping you away from all that stuff. So I say, I always tell people do it for a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, maybe a year tops and then leave and do some boring job that doesn't need your mind and use your mind for your creative stuff. Cool. like that. because, and then keep your overhead low. Like that was the biggest change for me about when I finished couch surfing, I couch surfed for a year while doing, the, uh, the, the DWW program trying to finish the water Phoenix. So I couched her for a year. I didn't have a car for two years. Um, and I decided not to get one because I, again, I wanted to focus. I didn't want to have to take jobs. Anything you can do to make your lifestyle, um, possible to not have to take jobs is the best thing for you. If you can get a cash car that doesn't require payment every month, if you can, you know, be in a house with, Six other people do it like it's going to be you have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable because mm, unless yes. you do that, you're not going to move forward in mm. what you want to do. Yeah. For Well, for PAs, I'll just say you you make, I think the lowest paid that I've I've gotten that was union or a union show was like one twenty five a day, a day. A day so. Yeah, yeah like
0: 125 dollars per day
2: yeah for, know, yes 12 hours if not you know the 16 hours of work
0: <laughs> and you really can't negotiate the pa rate they pay not really rates and- i think if you're good at, if i would if at uh, towards the end of
2: my career i could maybe negotiate a little bit but you're never going to get more the highest i got paid was like 155 and that was because i was the only pa on true blood and it was the first season. But
1: actually, that is a really good point. So you did get to a point where you felt comfortable asking for more Ish. as a PA-ish. Yeah. I mean, enough to get something, right? Yeah. And I think that's a really good point is that it is okay. Once you've proven yourself, exactly. it is okay to ask. It's, yes. it's okay and it's not abnormal to ask.
2: Well, at that point, I was basically a, a, a low budget, a, a, a non-union AD. Right. So people knew when they were hiring me, they weren't just hiring
0: Someone right. who's going to lock up, that yeah. someone who understood paperwork, who knew how to run Basecamp, which is where all the actors yes. make a pair is, or could be on set and take care of background. Like ha- you they could just say, Bola, do this, and you would be able to exactly.
2: do it. Exactly. They didn't have to worry about
0: it. So you so, could work yeah. your way up to, to pricing yourself a little higher. Exactly. that. Yeah. yeah. And then, in, so now in television, so working in, a, in the hour-long space, network says, or like network and streaming are different. So there's like yeah. a lower and a higher price, or streaming is a little bit less,
2: right? And, and- Well, yeah, cable's a little bit less. I think that's like around 38-ish, like 40. For an episode. Yeah, 40,000 for an episode. Right. And then network, um, so like the CBS, ABC, NBC, those will pay about like close to 50.
0: Right, and that's a one-hour show. For a half-hour show, it's like 36 an episode. Yes. And then you get residuals from that, and like it's a kind of nice, it begins to be nice. Yes, it
2: begins (laughs) to be nice. It's yeah. uh it's it's funny because it's like my first paycheck really just went to debt like happened
1: so you have debt and then also for the Dga right like do you want to talk about that a little
2: bit well, so were you in the Dga when you did a no, no no okay I got into in the Dga because of Queen sugar right um, so I did awesome. jo- I'm in yeah you know, they really do cool. yeah and, um, that. you they do offer payment plans so yeah so you can ask for it uh, and they can parse it out, but to to join is about twelve thousand dollars as a director.
1: Money. Well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Is this the first time you, you didn't know that? I <laughs> had no idea. Wait, what, uh, did I really? Did yeah. you say
2: 12000 So 12, what do you 000. get
1: for giving them $12,000?
2: Well, Anya would know more than I, but I know there's a
1: healthcare. What? The, the health... You, I'll pay for your the health, health cares, care. you good. That is it? I mean, my I mean, goodness. Anya's face. Like...
0: Well, oh, here's the no, thing. Did. Here's the thing. Bola had to take that chunk, like out of her stump, like it, like it was twelve grand. Please join right. as an ad. I started as a second second, yeah. and when I started. For the second Senate entrance, it was 3000 And then when I became a first, it was, you know, an extra 2000 And I did it pay. in increments. Right. So when I became right. a director, I paid $900. So, like, you know, so you as vision, I was in the but DJ. you did still so yeah. okay. all of that. Yeah, right. I paid, but I paid a little less than what hers is because it goes up every year too. Yeah. But essentially what you're getting is uh, uh, being in the guild, you're open now to do all of these projects that non-union people aren't able to do. Right. So now BOLA can say, look, HBO, I'm going to come and direct for you. And they're like, fine, they're, there's no issue. If you're a non-union director, you need to be in the guild because those those are requirements for all the networks and the streaming services that they're, for programs that they're implementing. And you do get health insurance and there's a lot of things that go with it. There's are, there's right.
2: union protection. There's yeah. union protection and that, that really helps. And Again, that's another network place where you, yeah. you talk to people and everybody has conversations about what's going on in our industry. So, okay. yeah.
0: And so what, what's coming up for you? You're in the Warner Brothers directing program and the director program. Is that right? Yes. Okay.
2: Yes. And uh, through the Warner Brothers one, because it's one of the few, it's only that one and the NBC Female Forward that you get an episode of a show if you get in. So I'm doing Legacies um in like 2 3 months.
0: Yeah, Where's Legacies?
2: It's in Atlanta. Oh
0: cool. I'm right, Do you have anything else after that?
2: Yes. Uh I, right after Legacies I'm going to Siren. So, you know, it paid off doing a mermaid short oh, cuz now a mermaid I'm doing show. a mermaid show. Cool. <laughs> yes. Yes. So the so Siren came because um I that's another thing where you like really plant seeds. Like what I think people have to get used to. I can't reiterate this enough, but you got to get comfortable with being uncomfortable mm. because you're just going to become comfortable a lot until things start to happen. Uh, I started meeting with Freeform like three, four years ago. Um, while I was making queen, not queen sugar, um, the water Phoenix. And, We'd heard about them doing. I'd heard about them doing this mermaid show, so I got in to talk to you know the head of Freeform, who's now the head of ABC. Yeah, <laughs> and, yes. But that conversation—it was sort of like a meet. You get to know you in general meetings, what they call water bottle tours. Uh, you'll hear people say, "I went on the water bottle tour," and that's tour, and that's what they're talking about because they feel like usually you only walk away with a water bottle. <laughs> <laughs> that's the joke. Love point. it. Okay, okay. But these 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 meetings are important because what you need to do is you need to meet everybody in the current departments so that they can see who you are, how you are in the room, um, and they can see your work. That way when they're staffing shows they and somebody brings your name up, they can go, oh, I know that person. Right. Like, they've met you. It really is just to get them to meet you. And at the moment it feels like nothing's happening, but really you're, you're setting down seeds and roots that are right. going to come back later. So that's when now it's easier for either my agent or whomever to pitch me she show like siren because they're like we already know her we love her literally i walked out of the room they're like well freeform loves you so cool we've got you. right yeah.
1: yes that's so awesome. general yeah, some people call that one a general too yeah, right general. like kind of not going in with a specific job in mind but letting them get to know you and yes say yes to the bottle of water because yes. it's also a, water bottle. <laughs> <laughs> so a of water, water,
2: water bottle and just say yes to being your it's such a Corny thing, but like be yourself, be your fabulous self because that's what they're going to remember when you leave the room. Like, if they really like being around you, they're going to remember you.
1: Right. Love it. Thank you. Yay. We love you. Thank you so much for coming. Yeah, you're amazing. We're we're so glad that you. And told your story and that you're inspiring. You will inspire our listeners. So, yes. Amazing. so. thank
2: you, mama. Keep doing it. Keep going. Yes. Yes.
1: Our big thanks to our Sister Brunch sister. That really is how we met her at Sister Brunch. Well, at least that's how I met her at Anya's Sister Brunch when she hosted. So thank you again so much to the writer, producer, and director Bola Ogan for joining us on Sister Brunch. Go to sisterbrunch.com to find out more about Bola and where you can watch her, all of her great programming that she's had on and her shorts. We'll also have a link to her website there. Thank you for listening to Sister Brunch with Anya Adams and me, Fanchon Cox. We hope you enjoyed the show. And look out for our next episode with Elon Washington. She works at Jordan Peele's Monkey Paw Productions. And uh, Elon is also the founder of Black Film Allegiance. You don't want to miss it. You can follow us on Instagram at Sister Brunch Podcast to find out kind of what's caught our attention lately. What are we talking about at Sister Brunch? And you can watch our bi-monthly Sister Brunch Chats on IG Live. That's where media pros share their tips with us about how to break into the media. And we weigh in on all the current events as well. We're also on Twitter at Sister Brunch on Facebook, and we're getting up there on our likes. So join the ranks of the likes on Facebook. If you're still on there, we are too. Oh, and hey, please don't forget to subscribe and rate our show wherever you get your podcasts. Our show producer is Brittany Turner and Christabella Nciabwadi is our executive producer. See you next time. This show was recorded on land traditionally belonging to the Tongva people.